1: Sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hello, Dick and Jeff. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And uh, so we have... Our show today is chock full of stuff. So we're not going to usually... You know the usual, like, the first... Twenty or so minutes is a bunch of levity. You know, we tell lots of jokes. No levity today. No levity today because uh, we're we're in the middle of our fourth. uh, We're in the fourth sorrow of Mary in our series on the seven sorrows of Mary. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we've gotten lots of uh, feedback. We've gotten lots of emails, lots of comments from people who've heard this, and they're really liking this. So uh, we are too. We really are. We love this idea. Uh, and to give credit where credit's due, I came up with this idea. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy did. This is Ziggy's idea that we're sort of uh, going through this and because uh, he loves this devotion. And I'm convinced that this is the dev- devotion for me as well. I'm, I'm loving this as we go through it. So um, just j- continue to journey with us on this. We, we're going to be doing the uh, 5th, 6th, and 7th uh, in, in upcoming weeks. But today we're on the fourth sorrow of Mary, which is Mary meets Jesus at Calvary. Now, if you look at other lists of the seven sorrows of Mary, uh, this devotion, you will sometimes see it referred to, this fourth one being referred to as the carrying of the cross, which is technically correct, and that's what we're talking about here. But really, I love this this uh, title for this particular dola or this particular uh, sorrow, uh, Mary meets Jesus at Calvary, because it just brings home... Uh, the relationship of Mary to the carrying of the cross, uh, and this idea that we 're going to try to compassionate these these sorrows and like how we would picture ourselves or, or relate to uh, jesus 's mother in in all of this. Um, I just love that so Mary meets Jesus at uh, Calvary so uh, Sam, help us where do we, where do we start in this particular uh, sorrow?
0: Well, a couple of things I want to point out that I think is interesting for us to think about uh, this is the middle point of the seven sorrows right we did the first three and after this we'll have the last three yeah right and so i think as you'll see as we go through these it's going to draw together stuff from the first three and it's going to set things up for us to carry us forward into the last well, three
1: i'm going to stop just for one second because yeah because you're exactly right i, I want to point out that you know there there's seven sorrows for a reason and and, and numerically how the, the number seven is used in scripture, mm-hmm. right? Is this biblical number of completion or fullness, perfection. right? Perfection, like the the biblical number of perfection, uh, the, number, the seven sacraments and all these kind of things that are related to seven. So it's beautiful and, and perfect that, it, that there's seven sorrows. But you make a great point, Sam, that these are all interrelated. Mm-hmm. You, there can't be six sorrows of Mary. There must be seven. Yes. And, and they're connected to each other and that the and the connecting vines are Jesus and Mary intertwined mm-hmm through this whole thing yes right so that's powerful i just want to stop for a second to put this in perspective that you don't want to look at each individual sorrow of mary as a standalone unit that's unrelated to the next
0: no that's also true and another thing you know in terms of zeroing in on mary meeting jesus at calvary you know that's something that is um it's not in scripture uh in terms of the encounter the direct encounter that uh, of mary having an encounter with jesus on the way of the cross that is uh of the fourth station of the cross um it is uh a part of sacred tradition um it is in scripture that mary was present obviously at the crucifixion you know we have john 1925 it says standing by the cross of jesus were his mother and mary and mother and mother's sister mary the wife of Clo- clovis and mary of magdalene so there it was standing by the cross of jesus was oh yeah his Mar- mother.
1: mary's there but she didn't just like suddenly appear she didn't there just suddenly appear right
0: exactly you have and,
1: to it's reasonable that mary was present in all of this
0: exactly and so that's one of the things if we're going to compassionate mary uh watching christ carry his cross and especially compassionate mary and put ourselves in her shoes when she had that moment if she indeed had that moment as our, as the as sacred tra- tradition teaches us that she did yeah um that uh you know we really need to put ourselves in her shoes but get, you know by first taking into account um, all that she took in throughout christ's you know after his arrest his condemnation his public humiliation his scourging his beating his mocking you know people were, were saying were, were mocking his kingship his the, the crown of thorns being placed upon his head behold the man he was scourged people he was they they offered to free barabbas right instead of uh jesus and they said give us barabbas they were yelling crucify him crucify him okay so let's think about this for a second Mary also walked along Jesus throughout his public ministry, right? And she saw thousands of people following Jesus during those three years of his public ministry. And she, she probably got to know some of them. She saw Jesus perform miracles, saw him perform miracles of healing, saw him deliver people from the devil. These were, She saw Jesus changing people's lives. This is, again, reasonable things to infer um, if she walked alongside him in those three years that she likely saw those things and got to know some of those people
1: and, and would know their faces
0: and would know their faces right and
1: would see them shouting to crucify him
0: right that's the thing and, yes. she, and she
1: would and she would be well within her rights but the blessed mother would not do this yes. and there is no there's a there may there's maybe false scriptures but there's no scripture would say that she would say did he not raise you from the dead? Did he not heal your mother? Did he not, like, give you, uh, you know, uh, heal your, your oxen? Even if it wasn't scolding, just pointing out, like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Why are you trying to crucify the man that helped you? Right. Right? right? She she, ha- she was within her rights to do that. I'm not saying that she would do that.
0: No, but you're <laughs> you're correct, though, because think about it. Like, the population density of Jerusalem is not like it, what it is in, like, New York City or some major city. That's right. right? And so Jesus having thousands of followers during the course of the, those three years, Um, The fact is there's a good chance that some of those followers were there shouting crucify him, shouting, uh, you know, know, all sorts of terrible things, mocking
1: him, spitting upon him. And they'd rather have Barabbas.
0: And saying, give us Barabbas. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so, you know, she had seen these things. So if she had seen those people, the question becomes also, what did she not see in those moments during Christ's condemnation? Like she... Well, we know that she didn't see the apostles, except maybe John. Um, he had a handful of faithful followers at that point who were still there. Other than her, there was John and Mary Magdalene. We know those for sure, right?
1: Um, she probably just heard Peter had denied him. <laughs> she probably did.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 because, and by all accounts, everyone else at that point had scattered. And, and so I, I'm reminded as I say this. Of, uh, there's a beautiful uh, reflection by uh, Monsignor James P. Shea, back then it was Father James P. Shea. Uh, It's called Glimpses Along the Way of the Cross. He did it for Lighthouse Media many years ago. And he says that, you know, there's subtle differences between the four gospel accounts of our Lord's Passion, but they all have one thing in common the loneliness of his Passion. And so I'm asking us to let's put ourselves in, in Mary's shoes amidst the loneliness of our Lord's Passion. She was there. And of course, we don't know exactly what she witnessed. Um, but at the end of the day, and we 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 know that she wasn't there. Let's put it like this way: we know she wasn't there during the uh, when Christ was arrested, right? We have no reason to believe she was there. We have no reason to believe that she was there in the Sanhedrin. We have no reason to believe that she was in the Praetorium or in Herod's court, right? But in terms of when. Uh, Jesus is being brought out to the masses when people are condemning him, when people are saying crucify him. And the odds are she's there. And the odds are she's there. Or at least I think it's legitimate.
1: It's perfectly reasonable to believe that she was.
0: Yes, it's perfectly reasonable, and I think think it's worthy of taking those scriptures, and actually what I've done is I'm going to uh, tell you the scripture verses if you want to write them down. If you want to pray with scripture, these are the scripture experts, the sections of Christ's passion, that it's reasonable to assume that Mary was present for this and was witnessing this, right? So um, among those, so from John John 19, 1 through 7, and then John 19, 12 through 17, uh, the the middle sections, 8 through 11, was when uh, he was back in the Praetorium and uh, talking to uh,
1: Pontius Pilate. Right.
0: Uh, Matthew 27, uh, 15 through 32. uh, Mark 15, 6 through 21. And then Luke 23,
1: Eighteen through thirty-two. I'm a, I, and I, uh, you know what? I'm going to get a, a, give you time to get a pencil or a pen, yes, and a writing <laughs> a piece of paper or whatever, and I'll repeat those after we finish talking about some of these. Sure. So, yeah, so yeah, just know yeah. that we'll give you those verses again. So, so what are we going to find? What are we going to read, Sam, in those particular scriptures that we want to point out?
0: Well, a few things. I think first of all, again, just uh, the absolute. I mean, th- this is a this is a man that. Uh, she conceived in her womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. She knew that he was God's son. An angel of the Lord came to her and proclaimed this to her, that this was God's will, that God will to bring, to take on flesh within her womb. She gave
1: her yes to this. She... well, carried- So, so that, that obviously right there is, we take so many things for granted when we, when we talk about right. the virgin birth. But honestly, it's like... She, Jesus is a miracle baby, yes, right, and she knows she didn't have relations with a man, right she knows that she has no reason to have a baby, and so she has to, she believes Gabriel yes, right and the and of course, she said you you point out rightly that she, she gave her fiat her yes uh and we're thankful for that, yes, right, but she knows that this is. That Jesus is, I mean, this is a miracle
0: come to earth. He is exactly who who he says he is. And yeah. who and, and she, she received, you know, the later confirmations, of course, uh, throughout his life. But there she is seeing this man who is love itself. She knows how perfect he is in love and virtue. He knows, she knows his heart for humanity. And she is seeing, and she knows also that he's there to save humanity. And right. she's seeing humanity—the people that he loves, the people he's there to save, the people he has probably loved, like we were saying, and healed and saved in various contexts in the past—turning on him and mocking Torture. him and saying, "Give us Barabbas." Um, I, I, I can't imagine the feeling. You know, she knows that he is the fulfillment of the 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 the, 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 the Davidic uh, prop, the prophecies of the Davidic messianic, uh, you know, uh, prophecies and there he is receiving this crown of thorns after being beaten Mm. and scourged, and there they are draping him in the purple, saying, Behold the man. Mm -hmm. Right, You know, like that? I can't imagine how heartbreaking that must have been for her, or watching him get scourged.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, we saw the passion of the Christ. We know, uh, we have an idea of what Jesus went through, and she's seeing this, in her own eyes, right? And Jesus is given the cross, and he's carrying the cross. And, you know, along the way of the cross, you know, she's, she sees him probably encountering the daughters of Jerusalem as well, uh, having Simon the Cyrenian step in to to help him. The daughters of Jerusalem, you know, he says, she. we don't know whether she heard what he said to the daughters of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. but he said to them, weep for yourselves, right? Right. And I think that there's something in there that is important for us to realize, because he knew, Jesus knew, that they saw a man suffering. That's why they were weeping. They didn't see the God-man suffering. Mary saw the God-man suffering.
1: And so... And That's it's, why it's important to recognize that she, uh, she knew Jesus as God-man. She knew he was the fulfillment of the... the she knew he was the Messiah. Yes. Whereas they might have suspected he was, but didn't really. Again, miracle baby. She knows all this stuff happened right. in a very special, a very personal way. That and, and this, she has to process all this. And they, some would believe that he was a Messiah, and some, but they would still see him as like a, a really nice guy that was there to help them.
0: Right. And, right. and that
1: part was tragic. It truly was, but. But she knew more, and it was deeper and more profound for her.
0: Well, and in that moment, you know, like, so she'd been watching Jesus get scourged and whipped and mocked and spat upon and beaten from afar. So now, as as Mary meets Jesus at Calvary, the fourth sorrow and also the fourth station of the cross, what was seen from afar is now seen up close, right? So Mary's eyes meet Jesus. You know, we don't know how much time they had together in that moment. We don't know whether she reached out to touch him or whether they said anything to each other. And we know, though, her instincts as a a parent, as a mother, would cause her to want to intervene to to protect him, right? To stop all of this once and for all. And yet she knew there was no way to stop this. Mm -hmm. And none of this, of course... Took Jesus by surprise that this was happening.
1: Yeah, see, and when you say it that way, it's so prof- uh, profound because you know in the Gospel according to Mel Gibson, <laughs> in, 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 in the movie The Passion. Now I'm right. teasing, but 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 what the way he envisioned Mary, you know, meeting Jesus along the way. Yes, right, was so beautiful, and and what what Mary saw. And what she just when he fell and she ran to him, mm. you know, as a mother to her her son with a skinned knee, and that's one of the images oh, yes, he uses, yes, yes. which is very powerful. Like uh, this mother drawn to this child of hers who's who's injured, who's hurt, and she just wants to go and hold him and and make it all better, and kisses boo boo, and I mean it's, that's her that's her motherly instinct, right? right? Uh, and and then then she sees this man bruised and broken and bloody and sweaty you know falling with this huge cross he's carrying and she knows all this stuff about he's God man and she knows his mission on the earth and and, and all that stuff it's all bundled up and then what Jesus says is is, well what Mel Gibson imagines Jesus said to her at that moment I want to be clear about that that's not scriptural but it's from another place in scripture but see I make all things new Right, that's what he says to her. Right, and it's just so powerful because it's like even in the midst of all that, she sees perhaps well, in reality, the strongest man alive. Yes, mm-hmm. ever. Right, she, and so she she she's even she's ministered to at that moment, even by her son in yes. that profound moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and you know, Mary had heard no doubt Jesus saying and you know he says many times in scripture that the son of man must suffer and die in order to be resurrected you know she's no she no doubt had conversations with him or heard him say such things and uh, and, and heard her his disciple him, him urges disciples to take up their cross and follow me. If you don't take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And there's a chance that Mary and Jesus probably had many deep personal conversations, uh, you know, about what was to come. And Mary, you know, we talked earlier about her immaculate heart being that, that that perfect interior shock absorption system and and also being this perfect, perfectly ordered, you know, also as a matter of church tradition to uh, towards contemplation. She was able to receive, Christ's words and teachings in a way that we couldn't, right? And she also uh, is able to receive this moment on a level that no one else there, right? Was so we have to. to remember
1: again that she's been preserved from the stain of original sin. Yes, and she is the greatest of all creatures, right? So she's been prepared for this moment. But even though Sam, that she's prepared for this, she's it's still hard. It's
0: still hard. <laughs> it's tough- a sorrow. Right? It is.
1: She's, she cannot divorce herself from from her motherhood.
0: And, and the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, Jesus, you know, a lot of times we think of him sort of as a uh, this, this victim. You know, we're, we're so bad and he's this victim, uh, uh, unwilling victim. You know what I mean? Is the implication by that teaching and that by approach. But I think there's actually something really important. We've been harping the fact that he's, he's Lord. He's God of the universe, right? He's co-eternal with the Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a priest, Father John Ricardo, wonderful priest. He he gives a talk and he says, "How do you nail the God of the universe to a tree? Where do you where do you buy that nail?" Right. And said, and Home this, Depot does he, not have that nail. <laughs> right. And, well, and, and he says he that he's only on that cross because he wants to be there. And Jesus Himself said, "No one takes my life from me. I, I freely lay it down." You know. And, and again, just like you said, though, Deacon Jeff, none of that makes it easier for our Blessed Mother. To watch, even though you know, to watch him suffer like this, even though she's been prepared for it all, all his life, including that first sorrow of Mary, you know, our first episode, the first sorrow of Mary, the prophecy of Saint Simeon. She was told when they presented Christ in the temple that he would be uh, a sign that would be contradicted, leading the rise and fall of many, mm-hmm. um, and that a sword would pierce her heart, so that the thoughts of many would be laid bare. You know, we, we said in that our first episode that that was the moment where her joys turned to sorrow. Mm-hmm. That moment. That prophecy of St. Simeon, this is a culminating moment here at Calvary. And, you know, did she say anything to Jesus in that moment? Looking upon him bloody, beaten, scourged, swollen with a cross upon his back. You know, did Jesus say anything to her? You brought up Mel Gibson. And I agree, I love that movie. And that's a very powerful moment. One thing that comes to mind, I'm wondering, drawing upon our discussion from last week, did he say to her, don't you know it must be about my
1: father's business? I I would imagine, maybe he wouldn't have said those because he would know that she's like going, Jesus, just let me be sorry. (laughs) No, that's true. But here's the thing,
0: though. That is what he said to her back then when she and Joseph found him in the temple. And after they had gone missing for three days, after Jesus had gone missing for three days, he said, don't you know, it must be about my father's business. And we hear in the gospel account that Mary kept those words in her heart. So maybe he didn't announce and say those words to her he did when he made
1: made eye contact but yeah did did she hear those words in her heart was she reminded of that moment moment? i would imagine they'd be reawakened yeah Mm -hmm. right i would imagine that see see, i see all of this as sort of this uh this great moment of 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 fruition of just all of a sudden everything just kind of explodes together at that one big giant uh revelation where it's Mm -hmm. like see all of this stuff happened for a reason and i love the fact that that you get a sense in all of this that jesus never ever ever lost sight of his meaning his purpose his mission and as a second person of the trinity what he was doing
0: well it's similar i think any mother who who sees her son go off to war can relate to this you know and and that's because that's exactly what jesus is doing here he's a soldier. And he's going off to war to fight for us against our enemy, Satan and his minions, to break their hold over us so that we can be delivered from the kingdom of the evil one to the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's going off to war. But it doesn't make it any easier for a mother to stand by and watch. Like imagine for It's still painful. It's still painful. Like imagine if a mother or a father gets a phone call from their son who's in the Marine Corps or in Special Ops and says, Mom, Dad, this is it you know I I, uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to make this phone call
1: yeah I can't, I can't tell you where I'm going all I know is,
0: this it's, is it. it may this not is end well. this
1: is probably a suicide mission but mom dad it's going to save a lot of lives how many times have we seen we've all seen uh, you know uh, Saving Private Ryan and but we've seen all these war movies there's Tons, Tom. You and I—we've passed back and forth some oh, yeah. really "Where Eagles Dare." You know all these oh, yeah. great, you know, war movies. That are great. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're they're profound classics. But in almost all of them, there's like, there's this point where a soldier will write something down on a piece of paper, yeah, to be sent back to mom or their their wife or girlfriend or father, whatever. And it's like back to the family, and and you see in that moment how important it is that they have some words for their loved one. Right. Right? And so imagine, you know, in the in the war thing especially between a, a mother and her son, that connection, right? That there's a physiological bond there. Right. Right? They share DNA, right? They're they I mean, you know, as my wife likes to say, you know, she held him under her heart for 9 months. Oh wow. Right? There's a connection there, right? And and so in that moment, you know, imagine, I mean, this is where the culmination of all this stuff this is where the mission has been completed yes right and she's seeing all this at once so there's this there's this got to be this sense of like you did it jesus you did what you said you were going to do and i'm so blessed and the world is so blessed by this this is wonderful but at the same time this is the most agonizing moment oh right? yeah in I mean, my life to watch all this stuff happening
0: i mean i would i would think like relating it to what we were talking about earlier a, a parent seeing their child go off to war on one hand, you know um, there's a good chance in a lot of those families that a family a very patriotic family is proud that a child is willing to make that sacrifice for their country mm-hmm. um, st- still it doesn't make it any easier no this the fear no. of what might happen and especially hey, if the child dies you
1: know if you if you if you are up to it, if you think your heart can stand it, uh, recently I was in New York City and people when I was going there I was taking a couple of kids because they had never been it's kind of a bucket list thing for them I'd been a couple of times but not recently and everyone said you got to go to the 9-11 memorial you got to go to the 9-11 museum and see the whole thing and I know everyone it's hard for some people but there's a point in that thing you you see everything from the you know the, the steel girder cross that they unearthed and put there and you, you see all the, the the trinkets and things that they you know of that terrible catastrophe that just kind of put you there But I'm going to tell you the thing that still to this day haunts me uh, was kind of the same thing we're talking about here—a kid going off to war. But uh, they have like the recordings of the phone calls that people on some Mm. of the flights made to their loved ones, and most of them to their wife. And just to hear hear the men talking, "Hey, honey, this is uh, you know, sorry you're not there to hear the phone call, but I just want to tell you I love you." It's like you're hearing this, and they're just and as you're doing it. Uh, and you hear the the one where the guy says, "Let it, let's, let's roll. roll." Right, Scott Beamer, I believe Scott his Beamer. name Beamer, yeah. yeah. So we're hearing that, and and there's this sense that they're they're doing exactly the thing they're they're going to war, right? And yeah. and uh, you know, and I don't know how everyone feels about violence uh, against violence and things like that. And war is a tragic thing, no matter what you how you slice it. But the reality is, you know, they're going to save lives. That's what's in their heart. Yeah. That's what they're doing. We're going to go, and we're going to. Bust into this cockpit and we're gonna and we're gonna take those guys out so that we can and we know the plane's gonna crash. Right. We know we're going to die. And you hear this this uh, steeliness in the the sense of mission in their voice you hear those words and you know it's like they are on mission and that part was really profound and it's not lost on me and i can hear jesus (laughs) saying the same thing and maybe i'm hearing them speak a little bit like jesus there's Mm. just like i am on mission i've been called and i'm going to do this for the good of humanity right i'm gonna i'm gonna save lives i'm not going to allow these terrorists to do what they're trying to do uh and it's just like it's so profound and it still raises the hair on my neck when they mm. say those words and you imagine yourself and then so then the mary so jesus is on the phone on the airplane right mary is receiving the call or mm. is the is going to hear the answering machine later right right and so when you when you see it from the perspective of that mother or that wife or that son or father whatever whoever they called when you hear their voices, you imagine this is how Mary must have felt. Gosh. And it's so much more profound. And it's, it's a lot easier to compassionate what Mary was going through when you actually hear words of men uh, and women that you know were, knew that they were about to die. Absolutely. For a good cause. Absolutely. All right, it's tragic that they were in that situation. And no one would ever wish it on them. But I sure am glad that there were people that had steel nerves that were able to like carry out what they did to save lives, mm-hmm. right? Rather than have that last plane fly into Congress or the White House or whatever they were aiming at, right? How tragic that would have been, and how many more lives would have been lost, you know? Uh, I just, I just, you know, seeing, experiencing, and maybe feeling what Mary experienced is so powerful for us to see what it is, what it takes to essentially be on mission, yeah. each of us. And then also, like in, we've been talked about, compassionating Mary mm-hmm. and, and her sorrows. Mm-hmm. And, and actually to try and do the best we can to hold those things in our heart mm-hmm. as we encounter whatever it is we encounter in the world. Mm-hmm. To, to, to try and encounter things like Jesus, but also to encounter things like the Blessed Mother. Yes. And by encountering things in that way, it's amazing how peace can enter your life. So this this fourth uh, sorrow of Mary, Mary meets Jesus at Calvary, is powerful, I think, for those reasons. So let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us on this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen.